yeah, super boothy things we wanted to talk about. Yeah, as, as at the time of this recording, super booth is I guess wrapping up. Yeah, this yeah. is the last day yeah. of it. A lot of shit revealed. Uh, I was gonna talk about the Zeta Ohm Fluxus One. Yep, Fluxus, yeah. Fluxus. Not really sure how you pronounce it. He was really cool. We met him at Nobcon yeah. last year. Yeah, cool dude. Um, it was all like kind of based off of some dreams he was having, right? Yeah. Or something along those lines. I think we talked about this maybe a little before. Yeah, I think we talked about it in our first episode because, yeah, we ran into him on Saturday, that Saturday at yeah. Nobcon. Like, we went downstairs, all the manufacturers were still setting up their shit. Yeah. And so we were just kind of wandering around killing time, and then we saw this one dude. He was already set up, just, like, ready to go. You know, yeah. he was the only one that, like, had everything on display. So we went over and shot the shit with him for a bit. Had no idea who he was or what he was displaying at the time. We just saw some really colorful... Yeah, the crazy buttons. It's like, yeah, yeah that, that looks crazy. Looked yeah, like silicone buttons. Yeah. Looked like digital Lucky Charms <laughs> yeah. glowing from across the room. It was like, and lights what are is that? Like crazy, yeah. like they're all different colors. It, yeah. I mean, it was. It, it's not surprising that we were drawn to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was, yeah, was eye-catching. And uh, he explained that it was a sequencer, that it was his... I guess first module that he's mm-hmm. taking on and that he basically quit his day job to pursue his vision of this module, yeah. you know? And when we asked him about like the shapes and all that, he said, yeah, it came from a, a vision that he had or, mm-hmm. or a dream. So okay. yeah, none of us could remember the name. So I don't know if we mentioned it by name in the first episode, we just called it the, the dream sequencer, <laughs> but uh, now it has a name yeah. and it's, yeah, it's called the Fluxus one or Fluxus one. And now, did he say it was an Arduino or a Raspberry Pi core? Ah, uh, he does mention it. I think Tweeny. it was Arduino. Or maybe it was Teensy. Teensy. It might have been Teensy, yeah. I guess we can explain what it is for anyone who isn't hip to the Kickstarter oh, yeah. or the Superbooth demo video. Four-track sequencer. Each track has uh, two CV outs yeah. and I think one gate out I think one per gate. channel. Yeah. Up to 64 steps total. Um, and one of the big things that really makes it stand out is that it has the ARP per step, yeah. which yeah. is fucking amazing. Nothing out there does that right now. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you can have, there's things out there right now that can ratchet per step. Nothing that I know of that can ARP. Before this was revealed, I, I had my eye on the WMD, uh, ARP, Arpitech, yeah, yeah, which I'm still interested in, but at mm. the same time, I don't know if I'll need it if I have a fluxious one. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how much arpeggiating I need in my rack, <laughs> but it seems like the the flux will handle a lot of that. You know? Right? Yeah. Richard Devine did the the brief demo showing it, and um, for the Arpitech, you mean? No, for oh. for Zito. Yeah. Oh, because I just saw the Arpa- for, he did an Arpitech one. Did he? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I missed that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it looked it looked, it looked amazing after you described what the Zeta M does. It's seeming less and less useful. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. It seemed like it had a place before the sequencer came along. It, I, I think it still does, because it's kind of unique in that, like, from what I know about the Arpitech, you don't even need to send it uh, a CV sequence. Like you can generate it using gates. Oh, okay. So just send a clock and it's kind of like right. output I, I some think, Yeah, okay. it can be like its own standalone arpeggiation engine. So right. like if you already have a bunch of sequencers or even gate sequencers and you want to do some arpeggiating rhythms, 
you can get the architect. So I, I don't know if you can do it just by hitting it with a gate and having it generate a straight art from having no CV going into it. Or oh, see, I thought it was taking a sequence and then doing it from that. You can. Okay, that that was the mode that yeah. I thought was really interesting. Was you can taking... send something and have it like quantize it and arpeggiate it, but I think you can also have it generated just by hitting it with like a gate, telling it like what clock speed type of thing. Okay, to just generate its own. Because my I idea think. was, I mean, my, like my thought was, um, taking like basically like a, like a real simple bread and butter sequencer and then giving it new life, mm-hmm. spicing it up. Like yeah, that absolutely, way. you could do that as well. Especially if you've got a, a sequencer that you've had for a million years, you're comfortable using. Mm-hmm. This would be like something to augment that, as opposed to like the Zeta Ohm. If you're just going to dive into that, you're also going into like a whole new land of a brand yeah. new sequencer, not trying to give new life to an old sequencer. Right. I think there's definitely room in the market for both. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they're going to bang heads too much. No. You know what I mean? But we could try to start shit now. Yeah. yeah. Like really instigate both of them. Mm-hmm. Little drama going on. Yeah. In yeah. The ARP world. Too many ARPs. The only way to sort it out is to get demos of both, you know? It's just... <laughs> Gotta have them demo units. I think we need, like, a P.O. box or something for that. Yeah, Where all the stuff that we're getting. One. Yeah. I mean, do you? Yeah, I do. Uh, I've had one for a while. Because people steal stuff off my porch. That's terrible. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, was there anything else about the Xenome? Because I think... Uh... Uh, yeah, I was just Oh, gonna... yeah, yeah. The L- you were also saying there was something about LFO Oh, yeah, channel? that's a big, big selling yeah. point. That, yeah, that was the other thing that really caught my attention yeah you can have the cv channels function as a lfo yeah so you could essentially just with one track have it like you know doing sequencing gate sequencing and then have your modulation cv output like routed back into itself and have it do things like change the arp direction yeah he mentioned in the super booth video that like that is going to be a possibility it's just not right this second it's not working so yeah, it just seems like a beast of a sequencer. I really not that, that big of a size. Like, it doesn't take up that much rack space. No, it's yeah. pretty compact because it utilizes both the buttons mm. for visual feedback as well as the LCD screen. So I guess he was able to compact it, you know, it's into the best of both worlds there. You know what I mean? Like Smaller than Renee. It's got a lot more outputs than Renee does, honestly. It's smaller than Renee. It's smaller than Audio Damage Seek 1. Yeah. Smaller than I think the Harvest Man Stilson Mark II. Yep. And it has the same amount of channels as the Stilson. I think the Stilson is the only thing really competing with it right this minute. Like, yeah. I think it kind of blows away Seek 1 personally because Seek 1 it does have the ratcheting and the CV outputs, but it's only for the most part one channel. Unless you yeah. do some jacking around, you can turn like the CV outs into like a second channel and things like that. Mm-hmm. But so what is the uh, Kickstarter price? I think it was like five seventy five. Like, well, props to him for making it look so like I love modules that have like a little personality. You can yeah. colorful. Yeah, and people were already giving them shit uh, on forums and even at Superbooth. Like the one dude asked, like you know, what's the point of these symbols? And he was just kind of like, they're you know. He likes them. <laughs> you know, he just wanted yeah. to do that. And, like, someone else on the forums was like, oh, I'm really sold on this, except for the goofy button. Sorry, you hate fun. And, and that's exactly offensive. what he said. That's, that's exactly what he said when he answered the question. Like, that was why he did that. It was he wanted to make something that was appealing and fun to play with. Yeah. yeah. We wanted something that was, like, toy-like in nature. I can respect that. That's pretty yeah. cool. I will say I do have a mild complaint, uh, even though this is not something... Uh, I have or have pre-ordered or anything. Uh, the jacks on the bottom—that's a bummer. Oh yeah, that's... You, you don't like that? No, I, I I want them on the top. 
Really? I, I agree. I, I See, I'm, I'm the opposite. I like my sequencing shit towards the top, generally. Like, that's why I like the, the layout of the uh, Variegate 8, because mm-hmm. I like to have sequencing at the top rack. I want, I want my jacks out of the way. I'm kind of the same way, because I want the sequencers almost at the bottom with the jacks going upwards to yes. things. Yes. So I can just, like, you know, variegate. That kind of drives me a little nuts that it's not at least consistent with the voltage block. But right. whatever. I feel you, but I disagree. <laughs> See, because, like, right now, like, this case in point, like, the Metropolis and the voltage block jacks are at the top. Right, right. So my cables, when they're going out, like... I have long cables. There's all this slack dangling then in my interface. With Variegate, when you have it at, at the bottom, you can put the module in the top rack and the cables the, just naturally hang down, go the, where they need to go. The gates are pouring down into yeah. the rest of the module, yeah. not <laughs> flowing up. Right. Yes. Okay. Oh, because then you can start using the saving functions. Is there like some sort of like inner... Savings for suckers, dude. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just start from scratch every time. You can, it'll save the voltage box stuff to the variegate. Thank you for giving me a, a, a serious answer. Early bird special is still available and it was five seventy five. One per person. One per person. Comes with stickers. The sticker pack. Oh, fucking love stickers. Like I yeah. like fucking stickers, dude. Uh, I like having stickers and, and rarely using them or putting them yeah. on things. It's just like this oh, huge yeah. fucking box of stickers. Uh, ex- yeah, I'm the same way, dude. I mean, I'll, I'll slap them on my laptop and my modular cases, but for the most part, I just like collecting stickers. Yeah. I have an entire box over there full of fucking yeah. stickers that I've been collecting since I was like 11. Same here. And I, I take the ones I don't like and I give them to people that I sell modules to. Do you really? Oh, yeah, just throw them in the box. It's like, eh. well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, some free swag. I dig it. And well, and a slight fuck you because it's stickers you don't like. So like, here here you do something with this shitty. Sticker. It started because I had like those void parties from like 2014. I had like literally hundreds of stickers from them. Like these are cool, but like man, just like get them out of here. Yeah. So everybody that I ship something to has one of those. Yeah, I usually just toss in like broken glass and syringes <laughs> with everything that I sell. Here you go. Clean that up. Get <laughs> some some nails. Rusty push pins. Unpaid bills. <laughs> Clip your toenails up into the box. <laughs> <laughs> Giving me bad ideas, man. Oh, Don't forget man. to give me good feedback on yeah. muffs. Free swag. Toenail clippings, <laughs> some cat litter, little screw bag full of cat litter. <laughs> <laughs> Is that M three or M two point five cat litter? <laughs> I can't wait to, for the thread that shows up. Noob question: What am I supposed to do with this cat litter? <laughs> <laughs> Which way does the red stripe go on the cat litter? That's what the cat litter's for, man. In summary, yes. Fluxus One <laughs> looks very promising. Yeah. Uh, wish him the best of luck. Uh, with his Kickstarter, and uh, nice dude, nice dude, nice dude. Yeah, yeah. and it's solid to see someone uh, new to the scene who isn't just trying to be a crowd pleaser. Yeah, yeah. Like he's just doing his own thing, pursuing his own vision. It's not like he was sitting there thinking, "Well, what is everyone asking for on the forums? Right. You know, what what can I make that'll right. cash in?" He's pursuing something completely original and hoping that people just enjoy what he's doing. You know what I mean? That's anyone anyone who starts there, this came from a dream, I'm pretty much on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah go yeah. for it. Let's see what you get. Yeah, this came from a vision I had in a dream. It's like, I was sold. I don't <laughs> even know what it does. But yeah. <laughs> okay, so there was, a, there was other things on our list for Super Booth-related things. Digitact, that's yes. one. Yes, yes. Um, cool to see it actually 
yeah. working, making sound. Um, it became wave. a little more clear. Yeah, a little more clear on the features. Like, big one for me is I was curious about uh, will the micro timing and the trigger conditions apply to the MIDI side of it, which it definitely didn't on the Octa track because mm. none of that stuff existed. Um, and they confirmed that. So that's a huge plus for me. That's just going to be awesome to have a MIDI sequencer like that built into it. Right. I was worried it was just going to be the Octa track sequencer, which it's simple and it's nice, but like it's a little, I want something a little more, a little spoiled by the rhythm trigger conditions and having those in MIDI will be pretty nice i saw that he mentioned there was parameter locking yeah everything parameter locking yeah. um control all like function if you remember that from the machine drum so if you can take like hit the function button and control the decay for all the eight tracks at the same time that's kind of a neat thing um seeing the sampling of the device was cool because it's really easy to take like any recording um still kind of odd that it's a mono box i kind of get it but if it was stereo right. i think it would be like that much cooler yeah. um but again, and that it can resample itself internally really right. easily. That's like another big selling point. Um, but it started to become clear, like where, like the corners that had to be cut, yeah, in order to get that ridiculous price point. Is, is stereo really that much of a right it's, price jump though? Like, oh, I, I guess. But I mean, if you're doing it in stereo and you want to have true stereo, I'd imagine there's you'd a need lot double of the memory. Yeah, right. double but, a few things, but still, that like it's the not just track with stereo. You yeah. know, yeah. But it's not just a matter of putting another jack on there. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah, I think it does I yeah. think there's a lot of considerations that need to be made. Yeah. I mean obviously, yeah, each sample would be double in size. And I yeah. guess your working project memory would have to be double, but and as it stands now, it's what, sixty four meg yeah, per project? Like for the active project and then a gig on the plus drive. Right. Okay. Um, but it's all gotta be yeah, loaded in memory. One cool thing though is they finally like some people don't like this, but there are no kits anymore. It's all saved to the pattern, even the BPM. So you don't that's have to worry. That's an improvement. Yeah, for, sure. yeah. for yeah. me, that's like great, finally. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't really care about the kits. I just want to hear like what I played back without having to like worry about ruining it. So that's good to see. I think they're learning like to make some things a little simpler, but mm -hmm. hopefully, like we said before, that they continue to make some flagship yeah. like devices that have a little more. Um, yeah. I'm still surprised by the stereo thing because it's like yeah. right before this they released Heat, which is that's a good point. You know, stereo. what I mean, it's, hey, stereo distortion, mm. you can run your stuff through it, and then their next item to follow up with it, mono. Mono. <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, okay, I use the rhythm for sampling a lot, and that's mono only as well. Right. And I was kind of hoping this thing would make me, would inspire me to buy it, offer something more than what the rhythm can already do if using it as a sequencer it's kind of the same you know yes yeah, very similar same trig conditions which is cool but nothing new as far as trig conditions go and still mono and it's just like eh. yeah and it's still basically just a phrase sampler you know what i mean like yeah, you're not going to be doing any octatrack no. long not long samples samples yeah it's like all meant for one shot drum yeah, there was some cool stuff that he demoed uh Chenk about like setting the start points and how you can actually yeah. see the waveform now and that was really cool because it seems like you know in the octatrack or the rhythm it's just kind of like 0 to 128 and you kind of get that much resolution you kind of got to see oh hope it's somewhere in there but this seemed like it was much finer control over like getting into those slices now is there a way to actually control the start and end points on the, the each of these samples as, yeah. a, as you're playing a part of the rhythm mm -hmm. so that seems kind of cool so you could actually maybe have something a little bit longer and then not too long, right. obviously, but you could screw around with the start and end points and get a little bit of uh, variation from that. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was some interesting, like, they demoed some kind of granular and stuff, but it's nothing you can't really do right now, except it looks like there's finer control over how deep you can zoom in on the start and end, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah, you did mention like, that it's new encoders. Yeah, they looked just, yeah. really nice. Um, we'll see how it is. Like, I've got one. Uh, I'm just waiting for the UPS notification um, whenever they do ship it. But I don't think that it looks. I've never seen the uh, the MIDI demoed at all. It looks like they haven't even really what, started with it. What is the ETA on shipping? They said May. At oh, this really? Point. Yeah. Okay. So I thought we'll this see. was going to be like end of summer. Mm-mm. Well, that's weird because that's that's one month away, and they're still kind of a bit secretive, I guess, about yeah. everything that this thing can or can't do. Totally. Super Booth was the first time it actually made sound that anybody yeah. could really hear. And uh, the first time they talked about a lot of features that were in question. I, I think it's still confusing. I, I think there's still people talking online, like asking questions like, yeah. does this thing have a fucking drum engine in it? And it's like, nope, it's a sampler, pure and simple. They it's a month the, away. Right. People should be able to start planning. If I'm going to buy this, this is what it can do. Right. And no one can do that yet. Right. Like, did they jump the gun because of the MPC Live and the MPC yeah. X thing? Like, it was hard to tell if it was some like, oh shit, we're going to get like everybody's going to want this and they're going to like try to pre-order it and save money before they know we're out. It was like a two part issue in my opinion. Like Mm -hmm. part of it was being secretive with the specs and what it actually, you know, can and can't do the details. And then the other part was some of it just seemed intentionally misleading. Like we discussed in a previous episode and you know what I mean? Like the labels on the buttons, you would presume that those are in relation to like the drum synthesis engine that it has inside of it and it doesn't have a drum synthesis engine in it so it's like why the fuck are these buttons pre-labeled and And if you're being playful and that's you put whatever you want there just fucking say it we just thought that'd be funny that's where the cowbell should go (laughs) but we're not actually giving you a cowbell yeah like like last episode dataline's explanation for that was well it's a throwback to our classic machine drum that's not a throwback because this thing isn't in any way, shape, or form, a fucking machine drum. Right. So it's, it just seems intentionally misleading. I, I don't know. It's just silly for me because all the electron products, if you get some rubbing alcohol, you could just take all the labels off anyway. The first <laughs> thing I would do if I got this thing, I'm cowbell, you're first. You're gone. <laughs> Bye, I don't even want to see that word. <laughs> no, but we'll see. Well, you, you'll see. Actually. I will see. And then we'll all see. In one month. Yeah, yeah hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> I'm excited because I, I definitely want to have it like in front of the module or just picking up drum samples really quickly Mm -hmm. uh, like i was telling dave earlier um i've had the same samples on my rhythm for a while now like the same because it's you know it's a little annoying to get them on there and then you don't want (laughs) to take it off because it's like oh i i did use it in that pattern you know and then you're kind of stuck so i'm at some point where like i want to we'll see if i can do it like clear off the rhythm and just start completely fresh again but right now it's like every bank and every pattern is full with all this stuff that I'm like trying to record or like is part of live sets. So I have multiple projects on there still, but that's, that's kind of why I stopped using it live at the moment. Mm. Like for a while I was going to bring it out with the, the Taraz and the modular. And then like over time after doing some practice sets and all, I just kind of slowly took the rhythm out of the live setup. It's too complicated. Like you said, like if I if I decide just one night, oh, I don't want this sample on here anymore, but I find right. out it's like locked into a couple <laughs> of different patterns and I forgot and it just fucks up the whole project. Yep. So I, I don't know. It's more like a studio tool for me at this point. And Have I, the sounds from it ended up on the Taraz? Yes. Yes. Yeah. In fact, for the last, that tour we did in December, I ended up bouncing a lot of things out of the rhythm and ended up going right into the Taraz. And, it was, and that's the thing, like, I can't 
I can't even play a live set without the rhythm now. It's like that's the only drum machine I'll be able to use. So I'm hoping the Digitac might cover some of that. So you just want to like sample chunks of the modular into it live, yeah. basically? That's pretty cool. I do that a lot. They end up in the rhythm sometimes, but they used to end up in the Octatrack. Mm -hmm. That's kind of gone. Right. But, uh, 301's on the way and the Digitac, two like pretty big oh, samplers. Wow. So those are like, I don't have much sampling stuff at all right now. Just the uh, radio That's weird. music. Yeah, yeah. Because you're like the sampling dude. I like, you I like some samples. <laughs> I like cutting that shit up. Is that the segue into the uh, Tip Top 1 discussion? Oh, yeah. Tip Top 1. Yeah. No? <laughs> it, no, it is. Um, tip Top 1, I thought, sounds fantastic. It did, like, especially the um, sample pack on there was, like, 2496 stuff. And I don't play with stuff, like, at that range much. But uh, when you pitch it down, there's, like, some awesome high-frequency, like, ghosty kind of stuff that comes out that normally is just gone, I feel. Mm. So it was cool to, like, pitch something down and be like, yeah, that sounds all right. But uh, no display, like just the rotary. If it was a pot instead of a rotary, you could at least be like, oh, at like two o'clock, I've got like my bass drums there or something. But with this, you can keep turning it left and you never get to like the first sample in the list and you just stopped. It's just constantly rotating around. So it's like total wheel of fortune live. So without some method of cueing it, it's just, I don't know where I'm at right now. And that's like kind of. So there's no way to do it. that independently from the knob with like CV. And be like, okay, this voltage, it'll play that sample. No, or that is was, it still relative to the. To the there's knob? this sequence mode where apparently, if you have it in this mode and you hit it with a voltage, it'll start playing these samples in a certain sequence. Okay. But I just wanted like a knob on the voltage block to correspond to like what I thought yeah. this thing would be as right. a preset. It, but you can't really do that, from it, what I know. And even in that mode, it's only a range of 32 samples, right? Yeah. Oh. And you or can't, I think, like, exceed that. I think you could do 64, but still it was, like, a lot to go through at that gotcha. point. Okay. And, um, you know, you only get your pitch for that one sample fix. You can't set the pitch of mm -hmm. samples on there and have it retain that. Mm -hmm. So you can't ever get, like, retained pitch up and down. Uh, the jack layout is really confusing. They have the labels are offset to the point where... The jack it's associated with, the printing shifted, so it's actually at the jack above. So the text is closer to that jack. So I was always like, oh, wait, the CV in the gate? No, it's the gate. I put it in the CV again. Like For whoever they had beta tested, it was probably more like, oh, yeah, it does the things you said it should do. But nobody ever took a step back to be like, well, if you did this, though, it'd be like a thousand times more useful. There was kind of some thrashing on the forum when people were like well just let me set a value in the text file for this thing and just have it always start on this sample so i know yeah. every time it's like here and they were like oh, if we do that we're going to add another loop to the code and it's going to mess up the latency like the 0.25 milliseconds latency and yeah people are like they, eh, but it's not i don't have one anymore because of that reason right, you know? right. yeah i saw a few, the same discussion going about the save state yes how exactly. if you turn it off and back on it doesn't retain any of your That's settings the thing. And people were saying like can we please add this? And then I guess Gurr replied and said, well, if we do that, that's more code, and then we're going to fuck up the latency. But these weren't minor grievances for a lot of people. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like you said, there's a lot of people who are just deciding to not continue to use it because of these yeah. little things. Things that, I guess, Tip Top thought were little things that people wouldn't mind, but right. are actually really uh, hurting usefulness of this module because in the people. studio it doesn't matter just dial up the sound you want and like right. start recording and live it was i was kind of fumbling around like oh there it is and even the radio music is so easy to be like oh here's the led for the bank i'll go to yep. bank two and i'll scroll scroll through and there's my sample it's really quick to kind of get where you had your stuff 
I've never messed with the one or the radio music one, but I do have the uh, Pico drum from Erica. Oh, yeah. And it's, I kind of like it. You can save the state and then you have to load it again, but at least that has the ability Still. to do it. Yeah. yeah. And you can also adjust the pitch and have it scan different samples while like you, you configure that and it uses wow. a weird little like six led display to tell you what samples you're on mm -hmm. so like it doesn't tell you like by number but it looks like little alien symbols basically yeah. you know what i mean it lights it up a different it. way yeah so you know there's some reference right yeah these are all things that the one does not have yeah. and i think the one is more expensive right i can't remember the price for the pico but I, I think it's cheaper than that yeah i think it's a little cheaper but and you can do two drums on the Pico, yes. and it's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> like you just flip. Do they the have their own uh, gate and CV? They share the CV. Yep. Okay. But they have two dedicated gate inputs. Oh, that's cool. And then yeah. you flip the switch to tell it which CV you want it to be affecting, or which drum the knob is controlling. Oh, that sounds infinitely better than the one. Yeah, it yeah, seemed a little yeah. better thought out. Yeah, yeah. than the one. Uh, that's that's why I, I bought the Pico. Like I bought the Pico at the same time the one was announced, and so I was kind of torn at first which one to get. And then like the more I read on the specs, I just kind of leaned more towards the Pico. And yeah. so far, I'm happy with it. Yeah, I didn't like it. I, I'm surprised that people are buying like the four packs mm -hmm. of the ones because yeah. it seems like they could they could make a bigger module that maybe had a little more control, but then they, yeah. that goes away from exactly what they tried to do. So I get it. It just didn't work for me. It's not what I want. Or if you bought the four pack, that's essentially the cost of like the the bit box. Yeah, or yeah. the three hundred one at that point, or the three hundred one. Yeah, which point. <laughs> which is giving you like you know twelve times more power. <laughs> so it's like. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't see the appeal of the four pack. If you just need a simple little drum sample module, then I can see you just tossing one in there. But if you're if you're already if you're looking at four of them, obviously yeah. your drum needs exceeds that that the one can do, and it's time to look at something like Bitbox or something. So you have to use the card. You can't report yeah. directly into it. No. Oh, that's another thing. It doesn't sample, really. It's sample playback. Even. Right, right. However, that is one thing that I'll give the tip top one is that its interface for putting sounds into it is definitely oh, yeah. easier than the Pico. Mm -hmm. Like the Pico, you have to have a special adapter and it connects oh. to the back and then you upload shit that way. Yeah. Whereas like the one, it's all on a little card and it's, it's up front. Up front. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's definitely got one up on the Pico in that mm -hmm. regard. Mm -hmm. um, I'm eyeing up that audio damage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That Enso looks awesome. Yeah, the Enso. Like, it's the same... I think it's the functionality that we wanted. It's a lot closer to, like, hey, let me take a loop, mm -hmm. maybe do some replicant stuff with it, and yep. just kind of, like, have a bank of loops that mm -hmm. I can actually sample onto this thing really easily. They did do a... I don't know if you guys saw a video. Uh, I think it was just yesterday. Posted up from Super Booth regarding it. Like, he plays around with it a little bit. Oh, yeah. I saw part of that. Yeah, looks, I didn't see that. No. It looks good. What yeah. stood out to you as uh, being appealing about it? Uh, the interface, for one thing. Yeah. It looks mm -hmm. super fucking nice really and nice. easy to use. Dude. Okay. Like, from what I can tell, there's going to be other modes where you can slice, which is what I am really excited about. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? I want to be able to record a beat in my modular and then... Flip over to the recorded beat and slice and dice the fucking thing. You want you yeah. want a modular recycle, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think that's what this is going to do. He cool. said, I mean, he said it's modeled after the Looper in Ableton, which mm -hmm. he was talking about a replicant mode. Oh yeah, like yeah. his like the VST, mm -hmm. and that had some like pitch shifting per slice, you know, things like that. And so I don't know to what level 
of craziness it'll be able to achieve. But even as at its most basic as yeah, a looper, yeah. it still seems very appealing. So yeah. all the other shit that he's adding to it will be, uh, I, I think, a nice bonus for sure. So what's the ETA? I mean, how much time do you think he's going to have to to develop and add crazy I don't shit to know. it? Yeah, I didn't hear one either. He, he hasn't. I don't think he really announced it. Like mm. he said that basically they were focusing on the EOS verb first, which is now out as of. You know, that was like their other super booth reveal was mm-hmm. the, the EOS and the Enso. And I have the EOS. I pre-ordered it. It's here. You know, I've been using it. Right. But, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely keeping an eye on the Enso. But the 301 seems a bit too expensive and too much for me. But I, I can definitely see it being up your alley. Being like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It feels like the stuff that I wanted the Octatrack to be is kind of in there. Mm-hmm. For what I, I didn't use the Octatrack for loops as much as I did for one shots that I wanted to kind of mess up and have like a strange sequence. Uh, I think that thing working with the variegate and the voltage block will be a lot of fun. But it's very beta. I know he just uh, redid the UI for everything. So there's this release for the 301 that's literally just like a new plugin architecture and an SDK for people to make more plugins and stuff on their own outside of him being available to do it. So yeah, it's interesting to see so many samplers just like explode on the scene. Yeah. Not only just like in modular, but just standalone too. Like there's a lot going on with sampling right now. Yeah, and even that radio music, he just added like time stretching to that. Oh, um, really? Yeah. yeah, and I think they... I don't know if this was in or not, but some ability to change pitch in the radio music. Because when I got um, the radio music module a couple of weeks ago, I like used it. I'm like, oh, it plays back a sample. This is very static, though. You're just literally scrubbing the start point to go through the stations that you have. Um, yeah. So that's it. That's all you can do with it. It'd be cool like to play back a long sample in a small module. It's awesome. But um, I have it on the chord machine mostly just to play back. Like That firmware is pretty cool. Um, sounds pretty good. I don't have anything that's poly in my modular, so mm-hmm. for little hits like that, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it sounded like a compact techno machine. Yeah, <laughs> it pretty some, much is. Get some rave stabs out of there. Yep. So it's also thinking like the opposite of like, it's the drone machine, so you have like mm-hmm. a 1950s uh, radio announcement about like nuclear fallout, and you have that behind your drone, and it's just, you know, it's 20 minutes, people talking about, you know, what, what you're supposed to do when the bombs drop, and like letting that go while you're going to town on another that, That's drone. funny because I think that, that is literally one of the default samples that you get with it. Are you serious? People talking about <laughs> oh nuclear <laughs> accidents and stuff like that. There's like a big community wow. of sample packs for that thing yeah. that you can download because it's like the raw format, not wave. So people just make like, oh, here's wow. like 20 gigs because it'll take like a 32 gig card or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's that, a ton uh, of stuff you can put on there. You called it, Dave. Wow. That yeah. <laughs> Good for me to call it cliche. <laughs> I'm so fucking creative. I was interested in having chords, but now that I have the hmm. the uh, Sid Guts Deluxe, you know, it's coming oh, yeah. my way. I'm real stoked about the chords mode on that thing, just because I like the lo-fi, the lo-fi eight-bit chords. That's know. what makes this cool. Is it sounds kind of shitty? Does it? Like it sounds <laughs> okay. like it's even modeled after like the Omni chord or whatever. Those like kind of it's not very high res, and that's the part that I like about it. Is like when you have the sine wave mode, it's just like really dark and kind of like, hmm. Kind of grimy. Yeah, it's not like a, just hitting a VST chord or something. I don't yeah. think that would. Has a little bit of character. Feeling. Yeah, yeah. Now, how many different wave forms are in there? Oh, they just, before it was just four. You got a saw, square, 
um, sign and then some like dirtier saw sign but mm-hmm. then they added another update um where you get four more now they're mm. just uh, you, and you can actually put your own wavetable on it now you can upload little um 8-bit wavetables and it'll read them as the other four cool oh but there's still like variations of like square no it's just whatever you want to put in oh yeah they just added that like a couple wow. weeks ago have you have you screwed around with that nope no it's funny because i couldn't get it to work the other night like it's the one thing about teensies that I don't like and this too is that you have to like if you want to update it to change the mode you've got to pull it out of the modular and then update it in the back I don't recommend it as a kit I think it's a little difficult it's really tight like it's a really tight like I almost janky like when I was buying all the knobs from thonk my last order I was like yeah maybe I'll toss in a cord machine kit yeah but is it the same sort of like uh, risers yeah. yeah, you need to do. There's like a three. Yeah, it's like that's... a stack of three of them, Jeez. and okay. it's like kind yeah, of bendy, that. dude. It's it's yeah. not. I, I I was like, oh, it's only a four HP module. I could probably handle that. Yeah, but yeah, it should I, be. I would have probably royally screwed it up. It should but... be eight HP, a little wider, with like a better, more stable base. It's not the best design. I guess I could just talk about EOS in general. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. As it stands now, it's my fourth uh, dedicated reverb module in my setup. Currently, not currently. like over the t- like not yeah, over time. Currently, yeah, it's number this is, number yeah. four. Uh, if you include clouds as a reverb, yeah, which can. the Oliver, I'm sure. Uh, I, I mean, I use it every once in a while, but I just I don't know. I, I don't like dedicating clouds to a reverb. Nah. You, yeah, you know yeah. I, mean? I feel like that's a nice bonus feature in there. Um, but yeah, I have the herb verb. I have the halls of a holocart for ZDSP. Have clouds, and now I have the audio damage EOS. And not a morphogene. And not a morphogene. Oh yeah, morphogene. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I like it overall. I, I, I don't know. I don't feel it's. It can compare to any of the other reverbs either. Like I, I, I have four, and I think they all hold their own. So where do you see yourself using this over the other ones? Mostly on percussion things. Okay. I feel like the Halls of Ahala is still the king when it comes to yeah. big spaces, big halls, giant sounding reverbs. Right. You know, very lush, very large. Um, and it can handle hot and distorted sounds yeah. and even make that sound nice. Whereas, like, I can't do that with any of the other ones. And... Hmm. Even though the EOS is kind of like, I don't know, I guess advertised as such, you know, being able to go into infinite mode and have long decay times and things like that, it just sounds nowhere near as lush, in my opinion. Um, I use the EOS plugin a lot, like with Prometheus Burning uh, on drum sounds, and I feel like that's where I like it the most. Mm -hmm. I feel like the plate mode is its strong point over the super hall mode. Which is weird because it was designed by the same guy, like Sean Costello. Yeah, yeah. Made the Halls of Valhalla and you know, Cart and all those plugins, and he worked with Audio Damage on this. But it's I don't know, it it, it it's just not very good in my opinion for the Super Hall stuff. Now, um, you mentioned the VST, which you used a lot of. How does it compare to the VST? 
It sounds just like it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's, it's a little different. Like, it doesn't have the uh, the bass multiplier. What was oh, that? Oh, yeah. Which what was that? I liked I it a lot. That. It had the ability to boost the low end. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. It, so it really was like those old radios with the bass boost button? Kind of. It, yeah, it was just, more than an EQ. It was almost like it let that energy kind of build right. up more. Okay. Like right. Feedback. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Like, in the reverb, you could achieve very dark sounds with it and also heavy oh, okay you know and i like that a lot it was you could get some very dark damp bassy reverbs out of it and, and i just doesn't have that um it doesn't have the bass boots it has color control though which you can cv which is nice mm. uh like at 12 o'clock it's kind of neutral you turn it to the right and it's it, it's kind of like a high pass and it'll bring out more of the high-end harmonics. And if you turn it gotcha. counterclockwise, it starts to like dampen and kind of bring out the, the more dark, damp sounds. But you can't get like as dark and bassy as you can with the VST. Mm-hmm. That functionality is just not there. Um, and that's one reason why I liked it on drums a lot, too. You can make some really dark, plated, you know, reverby percussion sounds. Um, so that's probably where I'll be using the module okay. as well. Whereas like herb verb, I always felt was like good for like metallic percussion stuff and just weird sound design shit. And four four different modules, no no overlap at all, <laughs> not overkill in any way. And if someone released a f- another one, you wouldn't hesitate to get that fifth. I've already looked at the <laughs> the Sonic Potions one, which is still not out yet. Oh which, yeah, uh, wow, but I am curious about, about that. what that one does. So I like reverbs almost as much as distortion for shaping sound, you know. Yep. That brings me to a good thing we could probably talk about, though, is those channel strip modules oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. By, by Feedback. Yeah. Which is a company I've never heard of before. It's called Feedback Modular. Where hmm. are they from? Do you remember? I have no idea. I don't no? think it's the United States, though. Because the currency was yeah, there not was, by default. Right. Oh, there was some yeah. currency conversion on the website yeah. when I checked it out. But yeah. Yeah, basically, they made a line of three different types of they were emulating three old mixers they were a channel each yes of of these old mixers and they were being a little bit cagey about who they actually were yeah because i don't think they're allowed to say right because copyright infringement all that. considering how much desk space it takes you know to have these old mixing consoles that you're only yeah. using for old a, a one-trick pony right yes barely works still yes <laughs> yeah. you know and you can stream it down to one or two modules very appealing um, yeah and they had a ton of audio samples which yeah. was also oh, yeah. really helpful very very much uh and they all did sound different yes there was a wild variation whether or not they sound true to what they're emulating or or it isn't even an emulation it's supposed to be like a direct yeah port almost right, like, like you lift. use the same components yeah. that were per channel um but you can kind of decipher the code names. You yeah, know, yeah. one was meant to be the the old boss. I guess that's yeah. the BX8. Yeah, uh, I think one was supposed to Wait, be. Wait, are the... gonna be in trouble by un- unveiling their code? <laughs> no, as long, okay. I mean, as long as they don't <laughs> yeah. name it, as yeah, such, right. they can't get in trouble. I mean, but uh, so one was you... that like KMX or KM8 from Boss Two, like the old. Was it two one. different bosses? I think I think so. Okay, and then the one was the CR. 1604 or whatever yes because it was the cr something yes which is basically like 1202 like that old yeah older yeah. style um amp design 
Which was the one that was most appealing to me. Yeah, before they moved it to uh, when they were still made in the U.S. and they were slightly different than when they made them all in China mm -hmm. and the sound changed or whatever. Yeah, I mean, they all sounded good. Yeah, they all had different character, and uh, I would like to see how they stack up. Like literally, like how they stack up. If I run like one into another, to another, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean. Compared to like an actual mixer, like can they handle that? You know what I mean. Yeah. Will it sound the old right. insert effect trick? Right. Yeah. Um, Could you actually just make like a Frankenstein mixer? Exactly. That is just uh -huh. like one of each of those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, I, I'm looking forward to getting at least two of them and trying them out because they're not expensive. I haven't ordered them okay. yet, but it's definitely on my to buy list. I want to try them out, put them through their paces. It, I've been using my uh, Mackie 1202 is just um, TR8 is always running into it. Uh -huh. I'll have a few pedals in it just because the TR8's a little, you know, it's like a little, I don't like it when it's clean right. too much. It's exactly. For the size and the price, it, it's definitely appealing. I mean, something we I've talked about a lot, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I've yeah. always said, I wish somebody would make this as a module right. and then without much fanfare, somebody did <laughs> for three different mixing consoles. You know what yeah. I mean? Like out of nowhere, I just stumbled upon it. I was like, oh, it's what we've always discussed it yeah. actually exists now i need to give it a shot i bought one solely because of you being like look here's what it does <laughs> yeah. it's like who shit like 120 bucks it's yeah. like distortion pedal you know yeah it's like that's the sound it's like four distortion pedals yeah true <laughs> with each. that that vga oh yeah that uh dope for vga module with the vga connector and oh, i think yeah. uh adac makes one too that's a damn good idea with like 13 cv yeah that's one of the outs. new ones right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The super boost. That's brilliant yeah. idea. I only wish there was like a VGA connector on the side of this case so I could just hook up two cases and then have like a bus oh, between them. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd yeah. Be shit. Yeah. I d can, can you give the rundown on that? Like I watched oh, yeah, the, yeah. the super booth reveal, but he didn't talk about some of the stuff that I wanted to hear him talk about, like the performance mixer and shit. I guess we can talk about that later. Oh, yeah. I was curious what the hell that connection thing was all about. Yeah. It's just another way instead of having 13 long cables connecting two systems just use the vga cable instead hook all the stuff you want to into these inputs or outputs and then when you connect the two vga cable you would need two modules one in each system and then you would connect vga between them and then all the connections would be together like bridging those two systems basically okay and how many connections does can each one handle 13 i think total on the vga cable so there his module has like 13 connectors and it's just like bi-directional at that point it's like a fancy mold so you wouldn't have to remember what goes where because no. it's just like it'll line uh, up yep and just patch it into the you know modules as you want connect the vga cables all right well that is pretty slick yeah that's okay because uh, i've been you know you know how it is writing down patch oh, notes yeah. or like yeah. using this thing or like trying to write this uh write down what this should be plus like a cell phone note and then like 40 minutes before a show starts, try to repatch everything together and be like, oh yeah, it's right. Yeah. And how much HP is it for the modules? I think it was eight. It might've been a little more. Huh. Probably a little more now that I think Probably about, like, worth 12. it though. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. like, I know last time I performed live with more than one case, I totally fucked up my patch. Yeah. And yeah. I had to like, just kind of wing it. You know what I mean? Like repatch something on the fly and it did not end up how I had it, you know, in practice session, but. Right. So yeah, that that caught my eye. There, mm -hmm. Dofer announced a bunch of shit. Yeah, it was the performance mixers. Yeah. The, yeah, I mean, he had like a lot of interesting stuff. But the thing that really caught my eye was the performance mixers. Unfortunately, the video, Super Booth video, didn't really touch upon them much. Mm. 
but uh, and that was they were really announcing the voltage controlled yeah. one because um, they had like two other versions of the regular non voltage controlled performance mixer that they've changed over the years like yep. putting the return on it they the didn't A138. have that exp- yep yeah the p and the o right yeah yeah the p is the actual i think performance mixer and the o is the output, output. yep the output is still the same uh these new ones still connect up to that for their output mm. but the the mixer itself is different now i see um because it has all the voltage controllable compatibility uh it also has a, a shit ton of leds now Hmm. The, the, but the, it's still basically that four-channel mixer. Yeah, yeah. With it's, the knobs, like the doper knobs. I mean, it, it if looks you looked like a, at it, it looks the same, except yeah. you'll see more LEDs on it. The, okay. the new one is the A135 uh, something, mm. and, and the older one was the A138. It adds the LEDs because you kind of need them if you're going to utilize the expansions, so you, they, you can see where it's at. The one expansion offers CV control over everything. The volume, the panning, the aux send. It's four different <coughs> parameters that you have voltage control over for each channel. Mm-hmm. And it's just a separate expansion. And then they also have another expansion. It's a quad envelope follower. So that essentially you can generate voltages from your four inputs on the mixer, have them routed to the control voltage expansion, and control other channels. So you can like do That's ducking, awesome. like pseudo compression, like side chain control, yeah, the side chain mm-hmm. basically, things of that nature. And there's also still dedicated outputs, so you can route those like elsewhere in your rig too, like the envelopes that are generated mm-hmm. from that. So if you had all these expansions and one of these mixers, like how much space would it end up taking? Uh, a good grip mm-hmm. of space. Yeah. Um, it's not the most compact setup. Mm-hmm. You it's know affordable I mean? though the prices it's are really super good cheap, dude it's like it's, it's probably like half the price i think oh that's awesome with all the expansions than yeah. say like the wmd one yeah. oh I yeah i mean yeah. the wmd is more channels too you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's it's apples and oranges i guess it just depends on what you need personally i don't need that many channels that the wmd offers so right. like the doper one's really appealing to me especially with all the expansions it's four channels but you you also have you know Four channels of CV control over every parameter, your, your envelope followers, and that all gets outputted to the old A138O. Uh, okay. So yeah, you get yeah. two outs, your left, right, depending on how you have it panned, and your aux send and return, um, which is cool. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, and that's always cool, too, because you can use uh, those channels are VCAs, too. So you exactly. don't need a VCA, and you can just exactly. have it there on the mixer, which yep. is pretty sweet. Dieter Dofer, Dieter Dofer, Dieter Dofer, Dieter Dofer, Dieter Dieter Dofer, Dieter Dofer, Dieter Dofer, Dieter Dofer, Dieter Dieter Dofer, Dieter Dofer, Dieter Dofer, Dieter Dofer, Dieter Dieter Dofer. I just love his name. It's like a character out of Fraggle Rock or something. Uncle Traveling Dieter Dofer.